What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and in today's video I'm going to be talking about some of the underperforming players from week one of the NFL season. I know everyone they go out they draft their fantasy rosters they're feeling really good heading into week one and then sometimes their players flop in the first week of the season. People start to panic they start to get worried they maybe want to trade that player drop them take them out of their starting lineup whatever it may be. Sometimes it's warranted to panic and sometimes you kind of want to get out ahead of this, maybe trade the player, release them. But other times people kind of panic for no reason. Maybe it was just a down game. The usage should improve. So I'm going to be diving into some of those underperforming players and then just kind of going through my kind of panic level here, whether I feel totally fine with these players moving forward or whether I am starting to panic. If you guys enjoyed the video, do me a favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If I didn't mention a player that maybe you're kind of worried about, you can just drop them down below in the comment section and I'll kind of just give you guys uh, like my take on them. If you guys are interested, I'll have my waiver wire video out tomorrow. Same thing with my buy low players and my sell high players. But let's jump into some of the players kind of gauging my panic level on. We're going to start off by talking about Jameer Gibbs. I think the Thursday night football game is always super interesting because everyone is watching that game. Everyone's locked in. So the players that perform well, everyone goes crazy. The players that kind of flop, people start to turn on them pretty quick. And I guess this is how I feel about Jameer Gibbs. I'm going to be talking about him as a buy low option in my trade target video. So I'm definitely not fading off with Jameer Gibbs at this point. I think it was Wednesday, Dan Campbell did an interview and he pretty much said that they were going to ease Jameer Gibbs into their workload. Obviously, I had ranked him higher than I probably would have after I heard that news, you know, when I did my rankings video, but he only ended up getting seven carries and then two targets. But in that limited sample size, he looked solid. He looked super explosive, tallied 42 yards on the ground, uh, six yards per carry, and then added two receptions for 18 yards. Even though he only played on 19 snaps, he either logged a carry or ran a route on 16 of those. And like I said, he looked like a big play threat every time he touched the ball. So I pretty much have zero concerns when it comes to Jameer Gibbs. I was very high on him heading into the season. Dan Campbell talked about how they're going to increase his usage throughout the season. So not only am I not panicking, I'd be actively going out trying to trade for Jameer Gibbs. If you guys are out here drafting rookies and we're going to panic after week one, it's probably just not a good idea to get those young guys in the first place. These are players who are going to peak towards the end of the season. It's definitely not crazy to expect like solid production early on, but I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be paying off in your starting lineups very, very soon, and I'm not worried about him moving forward. Now, another player from that Thursday night game I want to talk about is going to be Sky Moore, and I feel like Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore were the two wide receivers that people thought had the best chance to be the Chiefs wide receiver one, right? The debates were always between those two players. You know, you may have like a long shot on like a Justin Ross or a Rasheed Rice, but for the most part, those were the two wide receivers that people were kind of focused on for fantasy. And after week one, neither of those guys are looking like a great bet. Obviously, Kadarius Toney just had like the disastrous game, but I think it's a little bit more interesting to talk about Sky Moore here. And I am definitely concerned, starting to panic a little bit here. And it's not even the stat line. Like obviously, when you don't catch a single pass and then you only rush for four yards in a game, the production is terrible. If you started him, you know, you're not feeling great about that. He completely flopped in your lineup. But, you know, just having one bad game in week one, that doesn't make me fade off of someone. If we look back to last season, Devonta Smith had zero receptions in week one. 
obviously ended up having a really strong season. My concern with Sky Moore is his usage. He only had a 64% route participation in week one. That is definitely not encouraging, especially for a wide receiver who's heading into a second NFL season. This is a Chiefs wide receiver room that is wide open. This was really a prime opportunity for Sky Moore to step in, be the clear-cut wide receiver one, get those clear-cut wide receiver one snaps, and he just didn't get it. If you're struggling to separate in a room with MVS, Richie James, Justin Watson, Kadarius Tony, and Ross, like I feel like you just can't feel all that high about uh, Sky Moore moving forward. I wouldn't consider him someone that I'd be like immediately cutting off of my roster, but if he goes out, flops again in week two, I'd probably be moving on. If you're in like a shallow league or maybe a league that's kind of casual where you have a lot of, you know, super interesting options on waivers, I wouldn't be opposed to dropping them if you can find someone who's more interesting. And this is from someone who has been pretty high on Sky Moore. I was really high on him as a prospect, loved the landing spot with the Chiefs, was high on him heading into year one, you know, was kind of buying back in here in year two. And it does just not look like it's panning out here. Like I said, it's not the fact that he didn't record a reception. It's the fact that he's not even breaking a 70% raw participation. It's just not a good look. And so my panic level is pretty high on Sky Moore. Now, the next, I guess, kind of group I'll be talking about is just the Bengals offense. They went out. They only scored three points in their week one game. Joe Burrow didn't even hit 100 passing yards. He threw for 82 yards on 31 total attempts. Just a terrible game across the board. Uh, Jamar Chase, five receptions for 39 yards. T. Higgins didn't even record a catch. Uh, The weather was rough in this game. I'm not going to be panicking on the Bengals offense here. I really don't have a ton of concerns about them moving forward. Obviously, you don't want to start off week one with just a total clunker, but I don't think that Burrow, Chase, Higgins just all completely forgot how to play football. If you can be buying low on these guys, I definitely would do so. I'll probably also be talking about these players in my buy low video. I wouldn't panic. I think the Bengals are still going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. Still very in on them. Would be firing all those dudes up in my starting lineup heading into week two. Now, the next player here is going to be Drake London. We saw Drake London play 46 snaps. He ran 20 routes and was only targeted one time. And that one target did not lead to a completion. The problem with Drake London is that this debate on, you know, where he should be drafted, whether you're in on him or out on him. The debate really hasn't come down to his talent. It's come down to the situation he's in with the Falcons. Last season, he commanded targets at a crazy high level, you know, like regardless of being a rookie. For a rookie, it was insane, but just a typical NFL wide receiver, he was commanding targets at a very, very high level. The problem is the passing volume just wasn't there from the Falcons. We were hoping this season, you know, going from Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter, that the passing attack would be better for the Falcons. I mean, maybe it'll be better in terms of, you know, Ritter's better than Mariota, but the volume was not there here in week one. They only attempted 18 passes for 115 passing yards. Now, obviously, every game isn't going to play out like this. They're not going to be ahead in every game they play. And, you know, their run game probably isn't going to be efficient every game as it was here in week one. But it does seem like if the Falcons had like their dream game script, it would kind of be the way this week one game played out. Just force feed Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, not throw the ball a ton. And so I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit worried about Drake London. Once again, not the talent. It's just the offense as a whole, the passing volume he's going to see. I think before week one, I considered him as like a, you know, a fringe top 24 wide receiver. 
I think moving forward, he's probably like a wide receiver three flex option at best. He may be someone where you just have to pick the matchup where maybe if the Falcons are dogs, you feel a little bit better because there's probably going to have to be some more passing volume if they're favorites and they're likely going to be able to run it really well. Then you probably fade off of him. Just a tough look for uh, Drake London here. I guess you could throw Kyle Pitts kind of in the same discussion, um, but you know he did actually catch at least a few passes in there. But I think the concern is kind of fair for both of those guys. Now, the next wide receiver is going to be Christian Kirk, and he was pretty much a non-factor in week one. He was targeted only three times, caught one of those targets for nine total yards. He was fifth in both targets and receiving yards on this Jaguars team. You had Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, uh, Evan Ingram, and Travis Etienne beat him out in all those categories. And if I was someone who drafted Christian Kirk, I would be very concerned moving forward. Once again, like I said with Sky Moore, I don't care about the one bad performance. I don't care about the one-off bad game. You know, like those happen. Some people have one or two of those throughout the entire season. For some people, it happens in week one. I care about the usage here with Christian Kirk, and he only had a 69% route participation. That is not good for a starting NFL wide receiver or, you know, a wide receiver you want to be starting in fantasy. That type of route participation isn't even necessarily a starting NFL wide receiver. We saw Calvin Ridley at a 97% route participation, and then we saw Zay Jones at a 91%. So Christian Kirk is firmly operating as the wide receiver three here for the Jaguars. He's pretty much only used out of the slot, and that type of usage is potentially not even worthy of like throwing into your flex. I think if you can pitch that this was just like a down game and maybe someone in your league isn't super locked in on the usage, I think maybe you could move off of Christian Kirk. You know, it may seem like you're selling low, but if this type of usage continues, he is not going to be someone who's super viable in your starting lineups for fantasy. So I would definitely look around, try to trade Christian Kirk. I know when I was a little bit low on him heading into the season, I would get a lot of comments with people talking about how they were very high on Christian Kirk. So I think there are a lot of people who are very high on him and are probably still interested in him. So I would look to move off of him. But my concern level is pretty high for him here. If he's operating as their clear wide receiver three, I mean, I'd probably prefer to have Zay Jones at this point. And this was something that we saw in the preseason. It wasn't quite as bad as this. Like this was a very extreme kind of difference in their raw participations. He was playing less snaps than really in Zay Jones, but it definitely wasn't this bad. So maybe he moves up a little bit. But at this point, I do think we should be concerned. And then we've got another just overall offense here. It's the Seahawks. This was just a weirdly flat game out of them. They only scored 13 points against the Rams. This was a spot where I thought they'd be able to put together a pretty nice overall performance. Geno only passed for 112 yards. And that's just not going to cut it when you're trying to support DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and JSN. Similar to the Bengals, I'm not panicking. I just think this offense has way too much talent to just completely flop throughout this season. I think these guys will bounce back. If people are worried about Lockett or JSN, you know, Metcalf had the touchdown, which kind of saved him. But if people are worried about those other wide receivers, I'd be cool scooping them up. Not overly concerned about this bad game out of the Seahawks. And then the final player I'm going to be talking about in this video is Cam Akers. And I was, you know, pretty out on Cam Akers heading into the season. I was in on Ramondre, out on Cam Akers. You win some, you lose some. But for Cam Akers here, the reason why I was out on him was I thought Kyron Williams would kind of weasel his way into this backfield. People were kind of pitching that Kamara would have this three down workload. I wasn't seeing it. I thought Kyron Williams would kind of filter in on third downs. 
And the reason why we should be panicking on Cam Akers is because of Kyron Williams, but it's because he had a way larger workload than even I was expecting. Like I was someone who was out on Cam Akers and I was still not expecting Kyron Williams to kind of dominate the work like he did. Not that he, you know, completely commanded this backfield, but I would probably prefer having Kyron Williams moving forward. He was out carried by Cam Akers 22 to 15. Neither guy was really efficient on the ground, but Cam Akers was exceptionally inefficient, only rushing for 29 yards on 22 carries. I think Kyron was at like three and a half yards per carry. Cam Akers like barely over a yard a carry. The difference between these two guys though is that Kyron dominated the receiving opportunities. He had a 74% route participation to Cam Akers 10%. And probably the most surprising thing to me was that Akers didn't even dominate the goal line work. Kyron Williams is like 5'9", sub 200, and he was taking goal line work from Cam Akers. Each of these guys had a one-yard touchdown run, and then Kyron Williams added another like seven-yard touchdown run. But Kyron Williams was very involved in the red zone. I would be very worried about Cam Akers moving forward. I really don't think he's startable, and I think he may actually start to lose traction in this committee. You just look at a guy like Kyron Williams who has less NFL experience, I would probably lean towards him eating into Cam Akers' workload compared to the other way around, especially you just look at the way this game played out. He looked like the better running back, you know, at least just looking at the raw box score. So if I drafted Cam Akers, I would be very concerned. Maybe you could try to sell him on like he had a big workload, over 20 carries, got into the end zone, Rams offense looked good. If you can make that pitch, I would definitely look to do it because I don't think I'll be trusting Cam Akers in my lineup moving forward. Could he end up, you know, kind of taking some of this backfield back? Sure, but it's not something I'd kind of want to be waiting around and seeing because at that point he could just end up being pretty much useless or like at best a handcuff. So I would definitely be panicking here on Cam Akers, but that's going to wrap it up for this one. You know, hopefully this, uh, I guess, either kind of made your opinions feel rational or kind of calmed you down a little bit on some players you may have been very concerned about. Like I said at the top, if I didn't talk about a player you're worried about, just drop the name down below. I'll give you my thoughts. If you guys enjoyed the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Uh, check out my other content coming out tomorrow. But thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.